Welcome to Navigating Privateer Life, I'm Nathan. Navigating Privateer Life is brought to you by Freebooter Racing. Make sure you go to our site, pick up a bike, some gear, maybe our new uh, fun boxes. We're going to have cool things like shirts, grips, uh, nutrition, things to try, things we want you to kind of, you know, tell us what you think about too. As a racer, help other racers know. It's good stuff. Today I'm going to be talking about off events. Those great events you go to that maybe at one point started off small and were amazing and then blew up. Or maybe they're those races that changed the sport. Maybe they're those races that the sport needs to change. Regardless, there are some great races that have altered the way that their discipline or their racing. Now, I found a gem of inspiration of why I'm even talking about this. It was 1996. I was doing some research on one of my other podcasts on Sean Palmer and Nico Vuyo, and then I found a YouTube video. It's the Perry Bercy, an indoor race with a gate start that was more like an enduro race. The gate start itself was strange. They have the gate, but they weren't on the gate like in BMX or slalom. They were on blocks just behind the rear wheel over the top, front wheel on the slope. And because they're old mid-90s bikes the bottom brackets were low almost touching the starting ramp so watching some of them shift and adjust because they were awkward and it was the 90s they would unclip fall over never be able to set themselves up freak out on the gate because they'd been sitting there for a while lost their balance it was awesome then when the gate actually dropped we had this amazing shimmy you had to do to get out of the blocks because you weren't on the gate your blocks were holding you in you had to pedal but you couldn't pedal right out of the gate because you'd hit the starting ramp so they'd almost hop out of the gate then sprint down the ramp which would flatten out because the course would go back up half the ramp. It launched down that, come to the first jump. Those old bikes, you're just praying they don't just snap in half off this first little ramp, right to flat, like an old motocross track. You come into this rock garden. And one point I saw Tomac clear it. That was it. Tomac cleared it once, but they'd all jump off cyclocross style, run through the rocks, hop back on their bikes, sprint through these logs. They're just stumps. They just kind of make you swerve around so you can't go in a straight line. Jump down a five stair, go around through another rock garden. They had to do that twice. And then coming around the finish, they had to hit the ramp the starting ramp and it was super steep and it was wood 
like slick like skate park wood which their tires would slip on they would try to pedal up it and you'd see them like stop and they get to the top just barely ride down hit the jump and that was the finish now these dudes were fit they were strong they were awesome you had john tomac cedric grazia mike king and brian lopes now mike king didn't do so good cedric grazia he got stuck on that little hill climb throughout some flashy tabletops coming down i swear his rims were gonna snap in half when he landed but they didn't and then it came to tomac and lopes Lopes ended up winning, but those two were absolute monsters. The way you watch them sprint those old bikes, my God, it was something different, something amazing. In the end, Lopes went on to win it, but what an incredible race. On the women's side, you had Missy Jovi and Anne-Caroline Chausson and Sabrina Jonier, some of the best downhill racers of all time that was an incredible sport indoors in a stadium enduro cross doesn't matter it was one of those races that i don't think we'll ever be able to do because no one wants to put in the money it always comes back to that but we should i mean throwing an amateur event with amazing pro racing at the end that we can spectate there's something to be said for that we need more of that the cross country racing in the world cup has become better but that's just because coverage is better and the olympic the the xco courses are a little bit more spectator friendly which is good but i want different and i think today with today's bikes that style of enduro cross racing would be epic and I want to see that in San Francisco De Haro Street at Protrero Hill there were two events that stand out the backdrop overlooking the city just knowing the mood the feel of the city this hill had two Red Bull events on it. In 2014, we had the Red Bull Steep Crest. 20% grade down. They put a ramp right on an area where it flattens out. Meaning you can launch down that thing. I know you've seen the pictures. If you've never been to San Francisco. Or if you have, you know the street we're talking about. Steep. The ones where... If you're in a manual car, you avoid it. Even the best at heel-to-toe and drivers roll back a little bit. This hill is something incredible. 2014, the Red Bull Steep Crest. You had a BMX class. You had a fixed gear class. You had a mountain bike class. Skateboard class. But we're bike riders here, so we're going to stick with the ones we know. This Red Bull race was outlaw. There was just fun wrapped all around it. Four wide coming under that Red Bull arch. 
sprinting down the hill, fast, speed, hit the first little ramp, launch down the hill more, then it's more sprinting, sprinting and sprinting until you come down and fly through the next arch. That's it. It's all it took. They did some other cool things. They had the kicker, and they had a trick contest. They had a power slide contest. You know, people who I've rode with, normal racers, maybe it wasn't advertised the same, because I know I was in with the Ride SFO crew back when this thing happened, and a racer named Graham Pitts, who I knew and raced against, always way faster than me, ended up going to the Junior World Championships. He won the downhill, and it was just a sprint. But how fun. Nick Valencia of Santa Clara Pal fame, and, you know, he won the BMX. And rightfully, he should. He's fast as hell when it comes to BMX racing. Now, the next one, same hill. This time, you're going up. The Red Bull Bay Climb. Same thing. My friend Phil from Ride SFO told me about it again. He decided he was going to race it on a Santa Cruz Nomad. Way too big of a bike. But, that was the point. This thing was supposed to be fun. This thing was supposed to be rad. And it was. There were four classes. Men's open, men's fixed, women's open, women's fixed. You raced heats. It was about a third of a mile. You sprinted up the climb. Got to the top. Did you make it to the next heat? Did you not? You go to the semis. You go to the last chance. And in the end, you race to the top. What an amazing event. Once again, just in a straight line with the right backdrop. This time, though, Anchor had their public taps at the top of the hill. So after the race, you partied with all the racers. And because it's an off-series event, there's no hate or competition. It was all for fun. What a beautiful thing. They need to do more of that. That's what I want to see more of. Those races that bring racers into a community. That bring all the love that comes with our bikes. There's so much hostility, clickiness that comes with racing. Especially when you're chasing a series or you're a high school NorCal cross-country you know, contender to win it. Sometimes you get lost and everybody being your competition. And once in a while, you realize that these races are competition just for the sake of racing someone else. If we want to go to the Little Wheel side, the Iron Horse Classic. Now, this event's been around for a long time in Durango, Colorado. However, the last two years, I don't think they're bringing it back this year, which is a sad, sad thing. But the Iron Horse Classic does off-discipline events, uh, beach cruiser crits through the town center. Maybe that's why they replaced the straight rhythm. Maybe they didn't get enough racers. 
We can blame that on ourselves, BMX. We can blame that on ourselves. But they did the BMX straight rhythm. Once again, the backdrop is key. Main Street, Durango, Colorado. Get the old buildings, the small town feel. They bring in dirt, build a starting ramp. Two-man gate, straight rhythm. Nothing spectacular, but the racing's intense. And it's something different again. And you're in the backdrop of an old western town in the mountains. That's what you want to see. That's what you want to do. That's what you want to be involved in. People line the course. It was in the late afternoon. People were winding down. They all are having beers and, and eating their dinners and lunches or late lunches and early dinners and all that. And because it was downtown, everybody saw why doesn't USAPMX open themselves up to giving points to those things, to bringing out their normal racers, even if it's just, you know, limited registration, limited age category, elite invitation. Those are those beautiful things that they need to let us, the racers, do. Once Norba died, mountain biking had to adjust and had to create those races because... There was no set, solid national series to race. You have a few pro tours, but that's not, that's not for all of us. And there's no air of elitism that came from, I'm racing a national. BMX hasn't. The nationals do well. But maybe there's too many for them. That each one isn't quite as important from the seven Norba Nationals that used to make up a national series, BMX has 30. It's too much. It loses the importance of needing to show up. Let's talk about some races that changed everything. Downeyville. The Downeyville Classic. Sierra Buttes. 30 miles of downhill. 10 miles of straight fire road climb. And that's starting from halfway up the mountain, too. It was an XC race. Your downhill bike wouldn't have been competitive. But it brought out the best in technical racers. You had to take your hardtail or your 3-inch or 4-inch bike. And you had to shred down 30 miles of technical descent. It created the Nomad. Santa Cruz Nomad, which was the VPP platform climbing machine that had enough travel that it put trail bikes to shame, and it was almost as much travel as your downhill bike, your six inches, that sweet spot that seemed to stick and is now selling on pretty much every bike in the universe. Let's just admit it. Like, you go to a trail... And everybody's on a six-inch enduro bike. Downeyville started that. And that, when Downeyville was doing that, in Europe they had the endurance downhills, which were almost the same thing, except without so much climbing. But regardless, they it's, it's a battle to see which came first. But the bike industry took notice. We wanted an all-in-one bike. And it took a lot of racing, a lot of riding, and a lot of people 
going to destinations that needed those bikes. Soon, Moab, you wanted to ride the harder trails and you wanted to climb, so you needed those bikes. Downeyville was the pinnacle. It was a changer. Changed everything. Changed the way mountain biking is. Changed the popularity of mountain biking. Rightly so. That ride is incredible. It's a blast. Classic was the same way. You got the classic was the same way. You got guys who were extremely fit cross country guys, and finally you had fit downhill guys who were able to compete with them. Now that's that's amazing. The dirty Kanza. You finally got a use of those long, flat gravel roads. You finally got to use your cyclocross bike for something more. And with roads being so dangerous now for road bikers, the gravel roads were just the next step of training, riding, going somewhere different. It's always fun to do that sometimes on your mountain bike. But these bikes finally took it to the next level. And now they outsell. They outsell everything else. Enduro destroyed all the other disciplines. You get the one bike, six and a half inches, enough to do park riding, good enough to climb, perfect for climbing and long descents. Then you have the gravel bike. Outselling road bikes. Why would you want to go on a road, get hit by a car? I mean, go out in the middle, ride some gravel road out in the middle of nowhere, see something beautiful, see something new, and then come back. It changed everything. With that being said, there are two disciplines that have always been a little different, but were always the best places to go. You had cyclocross. Now, cyclocross was beautiful because you raced it anywhere. A park, a school, anything. Get a cyclocross race in, and it was awesome. And people could see it. It was tight. It was spectator-friendly. And you were allowed to be a weirdo, and you didn't have to follow all the same rules and things like that. It was amazing and beautiful, and still, to this day, cyclocross races are some of the funnest ever. I remember one in North Star, where you'd ride these mountain bike trails through the forest, drop down the hill on a fast gravel road descent and then go into the village race through the village and then back out into the trees backdrop it has the backdrop it's got eyes it's got civilization around it there are races out there that are the opposite that are just as beautiful but once again they have the backdrop you have the silk road race and you're racing in desolation on your own through mountain passes that are rarely used and they're used by tribes those are backdrops the in-town grand prix the the criteriums that small towns put on easy they put some barriers up you do a loop around main street and the race is incredible backdrop uh, sea Otter used to do like a mountain bike criterium when they were doing the stage races back in you know the early 2000s and they'd race through 
they'd race around Cannery Row. Once again, the backdrop was incredible. It was an old building, and it was done. It was done when the sun was going down, so the light and the fire from the sky flashed across the buildings. It was one of the most beautiful things you'd ever see that made the racing incredible. It was beautiful. I guess the last thing is your mini velos. Red Bull puts them on all the time. Take a mini velo ramp, plop it anywhere, and it's a party. That one's not so much the backdrop. That one's the atmosphere. You invite some awesome fixed gear racers or, you know, the best of urban shredders, and you put them on a little mini velo, and you tell them to chase each other till one person passes another, and it's tight. It's going to take extreme technical skill to approach how tight that mini velo is. Those are beautiful. In the end, when it comes down to it, we want to see backdrop, atmosphere, backdrop, a race that the community can get behind. In the end, what we really want to see is an amazing backdrop, the atmosphere, and the community. Those are what make a great bike race. And generally, it's coming from those small races, those ones that change things up, those ones that made us think different. That made us want to be a part of something new. Made us feel like we are part of something new. BMX needs it the most. Mountain biking has been doing it with cross-country style stage races that are enduro. You know, like, that's what's happening now. You ride to a climb. They time the climb. You ride to a descent. They time the descent. That's what's happening now. It's incredible. Maybe some track racing. You remember breaking away? Flat, dirt track, fixed gears, teams, do a whole bunch of circles, hand the bike off, do a whole bunch of circles, hand the bike off. Maybe some of that. It's always been around, the alternative styles of racing. But the money dried up, so people stopped doing it. But I think, I think we really need to see it. I think we really need to do it. I think we need to support these. So what are fun in racing? You can train all day long for that big cross-country race, but it's these off events that really show the passion that bike racing really creates. Thanks for listening. Make sure you guys go visit freebooterracing.com. Got some bikes. We got some bikes up there. We're going to get some more parts, more stuff. We're still on work in progress, but if you sign up for a Patreon, you're going to get a discount on those parts and bikes, up to 25%. So it's big time. You know, you can get a new KHS Enduro bike for three grand. You could also sign up for a monthly box on Patreon, or you can buy a single monthly box on our website. We're going to have grips, lubes, nutrition, uh, t-shirts, all sorts of fun stuff. Stuff we want you guys to have. Stuff that's going to show that you're a cyclist and not play soccer or something weird like that. Leave us a review on iTunes. We need it. I need it. Please leave us a review. And remember, have fun. All right, guys. See you next time.